Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions, and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. Hi, this is Professor Chapman. Recently we've been doing some Facebook Live sessions where I've been answering questions from the listeners and participants. What you're about to hear now is some audio of those segments and I hope they'll be useful for you. First question is from Casey. She says, I brought from 34 years old. I have one three-year-old who was conceived naturally on the first cycle. I had a traumatic birth with my daughter that caused Asherman's syndrome from retained placenta. Prof. Van Sale treated my Asherman's last year, stage one cleared. I still have light periods and started IVF. I got three embryos, both transferred with PRP treatment, sperm good. They said my lining is good. My second cycle in September, I felt pregnant, but resulting in a corneal ectopic treated with direct MTX shot to embryo. Previous history of an ectopic, I have one embryo left. What do you think my chances are of conceiving? The corneal ectopic, it may be, and, and a Terry Van Kai is, you know, the best in Australia in terms of treating Asherman syndrome. You know, he's done, I'm sure he's done his best to produce a uterus, which is suitable for, uh, for a pregnancy. The corneal ectopic suggests that the best area of the uterus for an implant was the area that wasn't uh, wouldn't have been necessarily affected by the Ashmans, which makes me a little nervous about the rest of the uterus. Before embarking on another treatment, I think I'd like to assess the endometrium in the, in the second half of the cycle by detailed ultrasound to just see that basically the, the fertile area uh, is, is in good nick. Good, good shape. I'm not totally convinced about the PRP treatment. Uh, I know Terry is very positive about it, but randomised controlled trials have not shown it to be of vast, of significant benefit, but it does no harm. So therefore, it's probably worth doing. It, it really comes down to what state your uterus is in uh, at the moment as to uh, the chances of a pregnancy occurring. And that's probably where, and without detailed information about you know, your uterus at the moment, as far as I would go. But I, you know, I wouldn't lose hope. I've certainly seen pregnancies in that sort of scenario. We have a question from Dee Dee. She says, can I get a booster while pregnant? Absolutely. Yep. No problem whatsoever. Sheila asks, hi, Prof, I had a miscarriage and they tested the tissue and found no chromosome issue and it was normal. Are there any other issues that cause miscarriage or anything I need to check on? I have adenomyosis, sorry. Ad, ad, uh, yeah, adenomyosis, adenomyosis, yeah. Adenomyosis normally doesn't cause miscarriage. It's not a reason for a miscarriage. It can be a factor in not getting pregnant, but not really uh, a associated with miscarriage as such. 60% of miscarriages in women under the age of 40 are caused by genetic abnormalities. And what you found is that you're in the 40% that is not the case. After one miscarriage, we generally don't go into detailed um, um, assessment. However, now that we've found that, that there was a genetically normal embryo, it probably tilts the scale towards looking further. So the things that can cause or, or be associated with miscarriage is the uterus itself, the anatomy of the uterus. If, 
you know, have you got fibroids that are bulging into the cavity of the uterus? So a detailed ultrasound of your uterus is useful. The other anatomical um, part that is vital in implantation uh, is the lining of the womb. And so there is a very small group of, of patients in whom and there is long-term chronic inflammation called endometritis. And that's really only discovered by doing taking a sample of the lining of the womb. After one miscarriage, I wouldn't recommend having a hysteroscopy that's looking inside with a telescope unless an ultrasound suggested there were problems. But that would be a, uh, certainly after two miscarriages, I do recommend having, a, having that. The other aspects of a pregnancy being retained by the by the uh, body <laughs> is the immune reaction between the pregnancy and yourself. In the normal situation with an ongoing pregnancy, your immune system, um, unusually, and we still don't understand quite how it works, tolerates the fact that there is something inside you that actually is foreign. The genetic material from your partner's sperm is foreign to the woman's body. And normally when the human body uh, sees things that are foreign, they mount, they mount an immune response to get rid of it. It's, you know, it's why infections give you immunity because your body has built antibodies against it. But for some reason in the, in the human, we tolerate that genetic difference. However, whatever that process is, if it goes wrong, it's possible that the, your body rejects the pregnancy on an immunological basis. To investigate that, we can do a blood test that looks for for some diseases which are, have a heightened risk of that immune activity. Uh, they're called autoimmune diseases. There's something called lupus. is a, a disease that, that affects young women. It's not very common, um, but we know that miscarriage rates are higher in that particular group, and, and they may not have clinical signs of lupus. So uh, there's a blood test, of the two or three of this in the same area, that can help determine whether you've got that problem. There is some evidence that, uh, although not strong evidence, that something called natural killer cells, which are normal uh, in, a, in, in an immune response, might be exaggerated in women who have miscarriages on a regular basis. Uh, as I said, the science is not strong, but uh, if we find an elevated level of these cells or, or those autoimmune diseases, we can treat it by using um, prednisolone as steroid to suppress uh, those cells during um, the first 12 weeks of pregnancy. The last area uh, in relation to the interaction of the, the mother and the, the pregnancy um, is a tendency towards blood clotting. So some women have a tendency towards blood clotting. If you had a thrombosis before, it may be that you have a tendency towards blood clotting. There is also uh, some evidence um, that women with those factors that increase the blood clotting um, may produce miscarriage, basically by causing a blood clot in the tiny little blood vessels that the placenta is and therefore sort of blocking off um, blood supply to the embryo and therefore causing a miscarriage. Again, a blood test can give us some idea that if that's the case, and more importantly, if we find that tendency, uh, we can um, try and avoid it by giving blood thinners either aspirin or um, injections on a daily basis, blood thinner called Clexane. So there are a number of things to, you know, to go looking for when, when we don't get a, or we have a miscarriage once with that, when there isn't a chromosome abnormality. If you uh, were worried about the future, and it's obviously you, you're asking the question, so you are, 
uh, I'd be happy to see you and take you through that gamut of tests. Uh, I do do Zoom consults. I see face-to-face consults in Cogra and St George Private where my clinic is, um, but I also um, am happy to do Zoom consults. You can um, make an appointment just to do that um, by just ringing the rooms at Cogra, which is 95985505, and we can have a further conversation if you want. But by the way, what we know from the last 100 years of research about miscarriage is that one miscarriage, after one miscarriage, which uh, if you are 35 years old, for instance, one miscarriage next time, your odds of a miscarriage are just the same. One in six is still one in six after the fir- after the first one, one in six after the second one. It's only when you get to three or four miscarriages that it increases to um, one in four, which means if you look at that statistic, the next pregnancy that you have after your first miscarriage is an 85% chance you will have a normal pregnancy without me doing anything. If we do all those tests that I outlined to you, there's probably a 5% chance of me finding something wrong. It's not very high. So I've said 60% are caused by genetic abnormalities in the embryo with nature dealing with them. And then I might find 5% of causes. So there's still a big gap in the middle that we don't understand. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website, www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to The IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au.